Welcome to episode number 84 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I have a conversation recorded with Jackie Piasta, who is a WHMP and the owner and founder of Monarch Health. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast because I had seen many of her Instagram videos, and maybe you've seen them too. And there will be in the link uh, in the uh, show notes for here, you'll find Jackie's contact information on how to go find these videos if you haven't seen them, but they're fantastic. And Jackie dispels a lot of the common myths around using hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy, bioidenticals, menopause, perimenopause the safety of hormone replacement therapy, menopausal hormone therapy. And I just think she is shouting from the rooftops what I hope everybody knows. And she really, I think, uh, honors the philosophy that I have about the care that women and humans going through perimenopause and menopause deserve. So I wanted to bring her on here and just, uh, you know, have her share a little bit about what she does and who she is. And this conversation was great. If you have any interest in opening a small private practice or doing something with hormones, listen to Jackie and um, get a sense of, you know, where she is. She's about six months at this point into her uh, building her practice. So, but she shares some gems and, um, and some wonderful one-liners that you're going to hear. And uh, it was a pleasure to talk to her and just get to know her. And and also to feel really comforted to know that there are more people out there than um, I probably even know about who are doing work that's really valuable for women. So you guys know that shit's right up my alley. So without further delay, here is Jackie Piasta, and um, I hope you enjoy. Hi, Jackie. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here because I've been following you. I think, I don't know if it's, Inst- well, it's probably both Instagram and TikTok, but I'm so excited that you're here um, to talk with the nurses living the good life community. And from a personal standpoint, I always love, you know, all of my WHMPs, uh, and, and just love to connect. So if we could get started, if you would, please tell people who you are and what you do. Sure. No, thanks for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here today, um, with you all. So, um, I am a women's health nurse practitioner. I, um, started in the OBGYN space and had worked in there for many years, um, just generalized OBGYN, normal concerns that you would go to that office for, and did that and then slowly kind of transitioned my career into more niche spaces as time went on and allowed. So I've I've had a really, I guess, kind of well-versed career in the women's health space. I've been able to do some aesthetics. I've done some urogynecology. I even was able to get a, a surgical first assist certification. And, and that was really uh, a cool point in my career as well. But it's sort of about seven years ago, um, dropped more into this women's hormone optimal health wellness space, um, which menopause, which kind of led into after during the COVID pandemic, really, this evolution of telehealth, the telehealth world. And so now I um, founded and owned my um, own uh, boutique telehealth company where I treat um, all sorts of concerns founded primarily in hormonal. Usually that's what people come to me for is hormonal um, feeling like things are off. And, uh, and it expands from there. And we focus on root cause and optimal health and trying to put the full picture together uh, for people. And so I've been doing that uh, for the last six months on my own. 
So starting the entrepreneurial journey as an NP. Mm -hmm. What do you like about hormones? Why do you think they're so interesting? So interestingly enough, uh, when the job opportunity was presented to me, uh, I had actually just been at home with my daughter for a year. Um, we had moved states and I had decided to take a, take a year off. And uh, my husband's cousin is a nurse, neonatal nurse practitioner. And she said, hey, some of the OBs are looking for somebody. I don't really know if you're interested, but they have a job. There's a gynecologist and she needs somebody to do hormones. And I was, said, what? Hormones? No, that's not a thing. Nobody does that. Um, <laughs> You know, I've I'd been in general OB-GYN for years and, uh, and I, I just thought it was ludicrous, but I said, you know what? Okay, fine. Let me, let me see. She's like, she's so well-respected in the community. Like just give her a chance here. And, and I went and uh, spoke with this gynecologist, um, who I still have an amazing relationship with to this day. And she said, it's just, I never thought I would do it either, but it just wore out of I finally sat down and, and started listening to my patients and they kept bringing me things and they were persistent. And I think they felt safe with me. And the more I listened, the more I realized maybe we're missing something here. And it, it's really hard not to fall in love with hormones and, and hormone management and wellness and menopause when you get into it, because you fall in love with these patients. A lot of times they've been to six, seven, eight different health care offices and you know, the unfortunate side effects of, of our, of our healthcare system is, is that a lot of these concerns get brushed off and it's hard not to fall in love with them, especially when you fix them and you understand, I don't want to not give it the credit that it's due, but honestly, the simplicity of hormones, when you balance them and you let everything work the way the body's intended to work and you honor and you understand these external factors that create this baseline that we aren't really supposed to biologically have. And then it's like, oh, wow, we can actually make some tremendous change in people's lives and they get better. And then they start telling all their friends. <laughs> and, you know, so I guess that's my answer. It's like, I never went into menopause and hormones wanting to go into it. I went into it with a heavy degree, heavy degree of skepticism. Um, but you just fall in love with it because you see the change that it imparts in people's lives. What do you enjoy the most kind of, and I think you highlighted it a little bit, but is there anything in particular that you enjoy the most about, you know, these women are treating these patients? I think it is being uh, a vessel of affirmation, teaching them and, and allowing them to understand that things are not all in their head and kind of teaching them about how their body works there's a lot of us in the functional space and whether we've dived all the way into the functional space and have gotten our, you know, certification, or we just understand it and we grasp it and we kind of pull principles from the various, you know, functional entities out there. Um, I think we are starting to really um, pull back some of the layers of the onion on what really we have done um, from a global standpoint to our health in terms of all the environmental factors and, and this, that, and the other, and why people are getting sicker. And I think if, if anything, it's really just the power that you can give to an individual when you validate their experience and, and then you help them understand the context of which their symptoms are occurring in. It, it's, it's really magical. Um, it, you really, it, it's a really cool thing. I mean, definitely that's my favorite part. 
So you said that you just started your practice about six months ago. So yeah, so my entrepreneur journey started about six months ago. Um, interestingly enough, I, I mean, I love telehealth. It afford, it's afforded me so much freedom in in my you know career. With uh, we moved about a year ago, different state, and which um, my employer with an interesting proposition. I said, "Hi, I'm moving from Arkansas to Georgia, but I still want to be your employee. Can I stay on?" That this telehealth thing has been working so great during the pandemic. And I had at that point niched out so much. I mean, I was working at the largest OBGYN office in the state of Arkansas, but that allowed me to only see menopause and hormone patients. And I mean, how many nurse practitioners get to say, <laughs> especially in an OBGYN space, that they don't have to do it all? And uh, and that also kind of made me spoiled a little bit too when I went to go look for jobs because I said, wait. And I'm not going to see OBs. No, 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 no. I, I, I do want to do hormones and menopause and all this. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of um, bigger health companies are, are not bought into that idea. They, they want us to be their workhorse and they want us to kind of turn it out. And they're like, no, 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 you can't just see menopause. That's not, that's not a thing. So in our move, uh, I, I stayed on with the company and, uh, or with the, with the practice uh, back in Arkansas. And I did that for about six months. And then just, you know, as, as time goes on, you, you start to understand that um, even though a, some place may not be a bad situation, it, it was kind of holding me back from some bigger ideas and, um, you know, things that I felt like I needed, I needed to just kind of spread, spread my wings a little bit. So, um, and I think the age of the, the um, nurse entrepreneur is here. Um, and I think that it's, we're really starting to see a lot of movement amongst our amongst our colleagues that um, we can we can do this. I don't know that it's necessarily anything that was really um, encouraged in when I went to school and uh, wasn't really touched on and uh, but it's definitely something that has has kind of been an evolution of, of wanting to kind of go out on my own and, and do this on my own. So I started it about six months ago. Definitely has been in the brainstorm for many, many years. Um, but it, it's been a big learning curve and it's been exciting, um, but it's been, it's been a great journey so far. What do you like the most about entrepreneurship? Freedom. Mm, amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, nobody tells me what to do, how to do it. Um, and believe me, I've had some great, there's some great employers and bosses. Gosh, if they, they watch this podcast, they're going to skewer me, but I've had some really awesome employees, but you know, I really just, I always, my, this is my, my favorite quote. And my, my husband always says that I just didn't want to be somebody else's NP anymore. I wanted to be my own, my own person and my own entity. And I, I just felt like I had the knowledge and the, the know how to do it. And if I fell on my face, I fell on my face, but, and I still might, but so far so good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but Okay. So, all right. So you're six months in. And I love it. Like nobody tells me what to do. It's like nobody puts baby in the corner. Um, <laughs> and because I identify with it, I mean, my core value is freedom. And uh, and I love just, you know, I, I think it's there are those of us who probably are 
Um, there's only so much that we can do in a traditional healthcare system, because if you value freedom, then you value autonomy and independence and the ability to make decisions for yourself. And when you get into a lot of red tape, it's hard to you know do that or into just a large bureaucratic institution. There's so much bullshit that you can't, you know, actually, you don't have the power necessarily to, to do the things that, you know, ultimately will be useful and helpful. Um, but you just don't have that, uh, that ability. Um, okay. So, so so you end this telehealth, you move to the, to um, Georgia, you end, you do six months, you end the telehealth and you're like, all right, let me just open up telehealth practice. And so how has it, so let's just let's talk about that. So the core value is freedom. And how has your experience been of opening up this private practice? What's it been like for you over the past six months? So I think uh, freedom for sure, but uh, I don't want to say I underestimated the amount of work it takes to uh, make a new venture successful. But I mean, it's what's that quote? And I, I, I'm going to fumble over it, but it's working 80 hours a week to work for yourself rather than 40 hours a week to work for somebody else. And, um, you know, I just I, I think that you really have to have a long term goal in mind and you have to be really convicted on, again, your why. And, and my why was knowing that the care that I could provide for my patients was there and I could do it that way. But the system that I was in, first of all, it, it wasn't that it was allowing me not to do it. I, I was still providing care within that system, but it was burning me out burning me out. And then when you, you know, at the end of the, you know, two weeks, you look at your paycheck and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out. This is, I'm not, um, you know, and I don't want to sound greedy, but you know, I'm not making enough for this. I'm spending at, you know, you're seeing 12 patients because you need to spend time with people. You cannot solve hormone imbalance and, years and years and years of symptoms that have been brushed over and gaslighted in 15 minutes. You can't do it. It's impossible. And so, you know, there's so many days where I remember like my medical assistant banging on the door, like, Hey, uh, your daughter's school called, like trying to get me out of a visit, you know, a room, not trying to be rude, but like we're empaths, Nur you know, nurses are empaths and we want to sit there. We want to listen. And that's, you know, that's what we're trained to do at the bedside, to be there. And in an office role, it's, it's hard to translate that because now we're we're not just on our 12-hour shift. Now we're timed to these little 15-minute segments of, of time that we can give to people. And it just was burning the heck out of me. And so I said, look, I've got to do this different. I have to be able to provide this level of care, but also do it in a way that I stay happy. And and that means that I feel like I am I am getting something I'm, I'm getting the value that I deserve for the care that I'm providing. Um, and so it, it, it's a, it's a difficult thing to strike. I mean, I, um, some of my mentors in this space, they laugh because I think it's a very icky conversation when you talk about, okay, what is, what is our value? And like, how do we monetize that? How do we put a number on that? Because for so long, the system has told us, well, you get this much time at the visit. This is how much it reimburses yada, yada, yada. So that's been a really difficult part of the journey is for me, like actually assigning value. Um, you know, I knew I, I deserved more, um, but that's that's been a struggle is trying to figure out how to assign value to that. 
I wish well, I was more. But let me offer too that I think you would say, I mean, we've just talked about why this is so important and why you love it. You know that the value, you know the value yeah. that you deliver. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, there's no question about the value. You're like, I give people a space to be heard and to be listened to and to have a non-judgmental conversation. And in addition to access, well-researched, evidence-based, um, you know, comprehensive care, you know, that has been has great data behind, right? Like we're it's not, you know what? It's not like we're like listening to people and giving them access to experimental you know, um, conditional, you know, medications, like we're talking about, you know, hormones that have been studied for the better part of 20, 30 years, at least in a well, you know, in a, in a well-established method. And so like, we've got a lot of good data. So, but, but I think, so the value, I think we, we could probably agree is very clear, right? We, we could probably both agree that we know that when we see someone and we listen and we take a thorough history and, we feel like we give them, you know, the opportunity to change, you know, to feel better in their bodies and in this transition that they're going through. There's a shit ton of value in that. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Right. So we agree on that, but right, it's always I think what I see, and I see this all the time, not only in my own journey as an entrepreneur, but also with so many of my clients, which is that often it's this conversation around, you know, this the worthiness or the value, not necessarily based on the service but us as individuals, which is always kind of funny because I'm just like, no, we just nip that in the bud right now and just say like, but you're hundred percent worthy and no service, whatever you decide it to be, whether it's $500 an hour or it's a hundred dollars an hour, none of that matters. It never has anything to do with your worth or your value. You are inherently wholly worthy and wholly good and wholly perfection in all that you are right. As imperfect as you are, you're perfectly imperfect. So I think there's that crossing. We talk about this a lot in mastermind, which is like, there's me, there's my business. And then there's my brain, right? There's me as like a human. And then there's my brain, which gives me all these thoughts and like, and has all these belief systems and has been conditioned and socialized to be taught mostly as women that we don't know what we're doing with money and that, you know, we are to give and give and give and never, you know, have the luxury of receiving. I mean, these are messages that most of us have, if we're socialized, if we're born and raised in the United States that we've been, you know, inundated with forever. So, so I think it's just interesting. So just, you know, I, you know, the value we, we know the value, we know when they come back and their symptoms are 50 or 60 or 70% better, that we've created a fuck ton of value for them. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. Oh but, yeah, for sure. But it's like, it's the value, right? It's always that second piece, which is like, oh, but what is it? What am I making it mean about me? Or like, what's my relationship with my, I think that we do so much of that work in our still in the good life, which I love because I think it's, it's just a fascinating conversation because it always comes up always. And there's always the haters who are like, you know, who have a lot of things to say about money and, you know, the greedy component and like whatever. Oh, yeah. And I was also going to say, we call it in our community, you know, um, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Like oh, yeah. you could, you know, you could do the work and, you know, and, and some people love the 15 minute model and some people really, they are, they're happy and content in, you know, 30 and Q 30 minute, Q 15 minute visits. And that's, that's for them. That's okay. And some of us, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You're like, girl, no, I, I, this is not, it's fine. Maybe it works for some, doesn't work for me and that's okay. And so then I choose, you know, to do something different. But, um, well, and I think like we see 
and I mean, if anybody is in healthcare, unless we're living on a rock, we see that healthcare is transforming, not for the better, for the worse. So it's either we got to jump ship or, you know, shut up and go along with it. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I mean, if, if you don't like the way it's, it's going, we got to do it different. So, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot of things that, that your mindset has to completely shift when you move from this traditional kind of role that we have been traditionally utilized, what has been the kind of APP model and what is our role and where do we fit within the greater context of the healthcare system. And then we just need to freaking smash that completely and just say, no, I'm jumping off this boat. I don't want to be on your boat anymore. Bye. And so I think that's, um, that was a big part of, um, you know, my movement into this, into doing my own thing. But I would be a total liar if I didn't say that it didn't scare the hell out of me and I didn't, you know, require a ton of pushing from all sorts of different mentors and entities around me and, you know, family and, and that thing. Just freaking do it already. Um, because it's just, it, it, is, it is a scary place to go into. Mm-hmm. But uh, why yeah, do you rewarding. think? And why do you think it's so scary? Because there are a lot of people, we have a lot of people who listen to that podcast who are members of our Nurses Living the Good Life community and they get coached. And we have people who are budding entrepreneurs. We have you know people who are coming from side hustles for APNs on Facebook group who are thinking they're just dipping a toe into, yeah. if I could make a little extra money, what could that look like for me? So give them a sense of what was what was scary or most scary about either starting the business or being in it and growing it, you know, over these first six months? Gosh, that's a, that's a hard question. I I mean, I think it's kind of like that you're on the edge of the cliff and you just, you want to leap so bad. You want to go, go, go. But it's just that like, what happens if if it goes wrong and, and that safety, you know, this, what you perceive as the safety net of where you're at on the other side. And there's another quote that I I can't off off the cuff here quote, but it says something about a a situation you're in is just not bad enough that it seems good. And I wish I, I wish I could quote the, the, the actual quote, cause it's quite, quite genius, but it, it, it really did. That's what eventually that quote actually was really impactful for me. Cause it made me think this is ridiculous. Why am I, this is, you know, this stop all the, what up, all the, the wooding, wooding, the shooting, the, all that over, all over yourself, just go do it. You have a vision, you have a goal in mind you have something you want to accomplish and you're never going to know it's possible if you don't do it. And um, that was the, just the fear of the unknown, I think. And just having been, you know, my career is not, in, you know, incredibly, incredibly long, but 15 years in, I mean, it's, you're just used to what you're used to. And uh, so that's, that's my take on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcome to entrepreneurship. I mean, it's like, you know, right. I mean, it's, it's like, welcome to the most uncertain endeavor you could probably ever partake in and no human likes uncertainty, right. It's so triggering for the limbic system and the, you know, it's, um, and when I think we sign up for entrepreneurship unwillingly or willingly, uh, or unknowingly, I should say, or knowingly, we also sign up for, you know, the complete and utter, you know, uncertainty and shit show that it could be, which is that you could, you know, be the entrepreneur who, you know, you, it takes you six months, it takes you a year, it takes you two years, it takes you three years. 
you know, you have the right product that lands, you have the product that doesn't, you have the Facebook ads that land and convert, you have the freebies that don't. I mean, it's just a, um, it is, I think to, to get comfortable in entrepreneurship, you have to have a little bit of that, you know, being willing to just not let, not necessarily, I wouldn't even say embrace uncertainty. And I would certainly wouldn't say get over uncertainty because, I, there's all there's uncertainty at every level of our business. Like I, you know, I, I just, we, I just opened my second business and I was like, yeah, it's still the same shit. It's just a different flavor. I mean, same shit, right. It, yeah. I mean, you know, it's same shit, just a different day. And as my mother used to say, um, she would kill me for repeating that, but like, that's, you know, same shit, just a different day. And, um, but that's essentially what we sign up for. And so I think our job, uh, ends up becoming, just to act despite uncertainty, right? Which is very, which takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of bravery to, to be like, oh yeah, it's highly uncertain. I don't know if it will work out. I, you know, planned as best I can. And I still make a choice to act anyways, which is like, goes against all you yeah. know, logical thinking. And you, it is yeah. a, it's a challenge, I think, to become that version of yourself. That's like, yep. I don't know if it's going to work, but we'll figure it out. We'll fuck around and find out and see, and we'll go, you know, but that, that, that's a huge mindset shift, I think for a lot of people. So I don't, you know, you're not alone with that. Yeah, um, for sure. Where is your practice going or where do you see it going over the next couple of years? What do you think? The, what is it? The, the world is your oyster. I mean, gosh, I just see that there's so much potential for growth. And I think that um, and not, not to harp, um, back on, you know, the, the last kind of point we were talking about, but, you know, the vulnerability of patients and, and individuals will accept a different model of care because we're so, you know, so used to, um, the healthcare system, you know, oh, this, that, and the other. So in a, in a cash-based practice, you, you do, there are some concerns, you know, will patients accept this, this model of care? Um, and I, I see acceptance of it. I've seen a lot of acceptance of it within the last um, six months. And the, and the fact of the matter is, is that they're, people are not getting what they what they need and in the traditional system. And um, it's, it is uh, an unfortunate reality. And so I just, I see it continuing. I mean, I'm only one person. You know, we're self-limited. We can only see so many people. We cannot help every single person as much as we want to. Um, but I, I love, I have such a passion, um, for my little, my small little social media following where I share just free, you know, information on menopause and hormones and perimenopause. I have such a passion for that. Um, I, I love teaching and I, I like explaining. I like people to understand the, what, the, why, the, how, the, all of it. And, um, that's been an amazing journey, um, to really understand, how freaking terrible it is out there. <laughs> and it's, that's not funny. Um, but you know, people need it. It's needed. And I didn't, I didn't realize how needed it really is. Um, you know, I was actually listening to this other podcast earlier and, um, it was, it was two physicians talking about uh, breast cancer and they said, okay, let's explain this because uh, doctors talk about things like everybody knows what we're saying. And, um, and so that's been a really cool thing is just providing that digestible knowledge because patients, there's a lot of fear and intimidation um, when you go into the doctor's office or the NP's office or the midwife's office or whatnot of that. So I love, and, and I'm 
I digress here, but I love the telehealth model and I don't ever see myself moving away from that. I mean, there's always a space for an in-person environment and I think it's great. And I think that physical connection with a patient is awesome. But I think that, gosh, without even knowing it, the pandemic opened up this world that we didn't even know was possible of reaching more people. Compliance is there, um, you know, and as annoying as I first thought of was of people taking calls when they're, you know, in their car and things. I mean, at least they're, at least they're taking their visit and they're not no-showing and they're getting the care and they're getting that. So I, I see continued expansion for telehealth. I think if you're um, a nurse or an APP in the space and you're wanting to take that next step, I mean, I only see opportunity. I, I don't see this slowing down. I think that, you know, some of the regulatory agencies are trying to slow it down, but I think there's just too much. It's just too much demand. I mean, it is just so stinking convenient for people. And, um, you know, people's lives are so portable. They, they don't want to be held down by, you know, things come up. I mean, and it's just so, so nice. I see that I see the telehealth industry only expanding. Um, and I see that there is just a continued hunger for patients wanting to get the answers that they deserve, wanting to get the validation of their symptoms. And, I'm just one little person, but I hope to play, you know, a relatively significant role in that space. However, whether it's through patient advocacy or, you know, treatment and care. Um, and I'm, and I'm also super, super passionate about, um, really passionate about the NP voice in the space and the mid-level. Sorry, I'm an NP. I always just use it interchangeably, but, um, the space of, um, of nurses and, and advanced practice providers, we, we have a lot to contribute to the narrative. And um, I'm passionate about uh, sticking my nose in <laughs> yeah. where, where or sticking uh, your neck out, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm going to exactly just stick myself into rooms where maybe I'm not invited and boom, here, I, here it goes. Here we are. Um, so I don't know. That's a long winded answer to your question, but and a ramble, but there you go. No, I think it's, it's growing and it, you know, I think being where you are in your business, there's, it's, I don't know if I ever got into my business thinking about the exit strategy, so to speak, or where we were going to be long-term, you know, I just got in and I was, and I, all I knew was this very, um, this belief that we could do better. And I knew how to help people, right? Like I was like, wow, like I could totally, I have a skill and I could do this. And that, you know, that fueled probably the first, I don't know, hundred grand in my business, you know, which is, which is crazy just to think that on a belief, you could go out there and create that much revenue and that much value for other people. But that's what, that's what I think many of us do until we get to the point where, you know, we start to get in it and we see, okay, what's possible. And then we start to see like, you know, I, I laugh in that some of the, um, uh, whether it's the businesses I watch or the podcasts I listen to and, you know, seeing the growth of other entrepreneurs and, um, and seeing what happens in private equity in the consulting area. And I, I just think it's fascinating. And, and so much of that to me back five years ago, wasn't just wasn't on my radar. Cause it wasn't, I just didn't know that, that all that was possible. I just, you know, had this kind of whim or thought and, went out and built a business from that. Um, so it's good. So I think it's, you know, I, I can totally relate to that. And, um, and I think you're right. There's a lot of opportunity right now. We just at our last, uh, midwifery conference for the state of Ohio, 
we had our uh, legal session and our our legal rep um, who is a lawyer and she does all of our like uh, work on reviewing. She keeps an eye on all the um, the legislation that's coming through and, you know, things to keep us uh, appraised of. And she was, she started off, I think this was last year. And she said, I have never seen so much growth in terms of private practice from advanced practice nurses. And she's like, it's incredible. And I hope it continues. And, uh, and I would agree. I think we have a lot of momentum, not only because we've had to you know shift and pivot and really embrace the technology that's been in under our noses for quite a long time. Yeah. But like also, you know, that um, we just have a ton of momentum, I think, you know, not only from uh, us and doing the work, but also from the patients. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm interested in going back to like really a lot of visits in person. I mean, I just it's just so it's just too convenient. Um, yeah. So I see it. Um, OK, so tell me. You know, I always ask one of the questions that I always ask is, you know, what's your version of the good life? And I'm curious you know, being in entrepreneurship and, you know, you're in the weeds of like these first, you know, getting things up and off the ground and, you know, which is equal parts, mind management, equal parts, like putting out fires, which is so fun. Um, but what is, what does that mean to you living the good life? Yeah. I love that question. I think my version of the good life is this, a simple thing of having your cake and eating it too. And what I mean by that is being the having success in my professional life to um, be the nurse practitioner that, you know, I always, you know, felt and dreamed that I could be and provide the services that I could be, but also on the other side, um, have that balance in my family life. And just again, back to what we talked about earlier, the freedom to do that and to be able to enjoy life um, and enjoy work and be happy to be present at work, um, knowing that it's a positive space in your world and it's well balanced with your personal life. And I think that gener- generationally speaking, we're getting better at that. Uh, but, uh, and that's, that's definitely my version of, of the good life is, is that ultimate um, balance and contentment in, in all spaces of, of life. In our community, we call it doing good and doing well. And the idea that we've always done good work and, you know, we've always created value, but we haven't necessarily all done well. And so, yeah. yeah. And so I love your, um, having your cake and eating it too. I think it's, it's very similar and that flexibility piece, which, um, I don't know about you, my kids are 10 and 13. And so, you know, one of the, um, things for us was, me and my family was just trying to find a schedule that worked and being a, in a relationship with a partner who works a pretty demanding schedule. And, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to have two, you know, two partners who run a household and, you know, without the appropriate amount of support staff to really make sure everybody, all the trains run on time and everybody gets what they need and the lunches are made and there's emotionally, you know, st- there's emotional stability and a lot of love and support and, so I, I agree. I, I hear you say the freedom and flexibility. And I think the, um, so many of our colleagues are looking for that too. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. It's always, it's a, it's a battle all the time of trying to find that, find that balance and, and that, that space of how do you, how do you do all the things, wear all the hats, but not go crazy in the, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the, in the midst of it all. Yeah. So what now, if, people are listening. They're like, I think I need Jackie. 
Um, as a patient, where, so in your telehealth practice, where, where do you accept patients from which states? Oh yeah. So currently Arkansas, Texas, and Florida, and uh, very soon Georgia. Uh, And so that's where those are the current states that I can uh, receive patients from. Yeah. Okay. And then if people want to see your, um, TikTok, is it mostly on TikTok or mostly on Instagram or do you do both? Instagram? Yeah. I'm pretty much on Instagram. I, uh, haven't, I need to bridge branch out into the TikTok space. Um, but no, it's Instagram. So it's at Jackie P like Paul and then underscore G Y N N P. So Jackie P Jen N P. Um, there's not a lot of piastas out there in the, uh, universe. So you take that out, you can pretty much find, find me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I can be found. And, uh, I have, uh, the links to book appointments and such on my Instagram and, uh, my company is called Monarch Health. So you can find me, um, on that as well. I love it. Okay. Any just last thoughts about, you know, things that you wish you had known before you embarked on this journey. And we've talked about some of them today, whether it's, you know, uncertainty or, um, you know, the, uh, the fear. Um, but I'm curious, uh, for another NP or advanced practice nurse who's starting out, what advice would you give them, you know, on getting going on their own journey, whatever that looks like at the end? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I wish I had listened to my voice sooner and I wish I had done it sooner. That is, um, and not that I feel like I've, I'm held back because I didn't, but um, I like the feeling of where I'm at and I wish I had trusted my voice and done it and done it sooner. And if you had listened to your voice, how long ago would that have been? Do you think? <laughs> <sighs> Three. Well, you know, you can't factor life in with the dang COVID pandemic, but probably three, four years ago. But de- more, more dial back a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? So, yeah. so then the advice would be what? Just listen to your, if you're, if it's there, if it the private practice is calling you or you're someone who values freedom and flexibility and you also are like, nobody tells me what to do, then what then? Well, it's, I also want to honor the fact that it's, it's very presumptuous and also very, um, I don't want to, I guess entitled in a way. So you always have to take into all, all factors into account. Like I have, I mean, I'm married. I have a, a partner who is incredibly supportive. You know, we have healthy children and, you know, he has a great career. Um, oftentimes we fight about whose career is more important when the kids get sick, you know, kind of thing. So it's always, yeah. you know, that, that's why I love freedom and flexibility, but, you know, constant battles over. No, you get the kid. No, you get the kid. Um, you know, but it, so it, I come from a, a space of being incredibly um, privileged and to be able to say, I wish I had that, had done that sooner. So I think that if we pull that back of the narrative of that is just that listen to your voice and trust yourself. And when the time is right and you're able to make it work in the circumstances that you're in, go for it. If, if it's, if the opportunity is out there for you, because not everybody comes from a space like myself with, you know, a credibly supportive partner, um, you know, with a, an income that is technically secondary, you know, the, I, and I understand and grasp all these things. So I don't want to sound like a total a-hole, you know, when people are like, well, she, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, 
but I just listen to your voice because you have everything you need within yourself and you have the training and you have the know all and you can do it. And, and if you're able to, um, branch out and do what you feel like you can do and and you should do, I would just say, don't let yourself hold your, you back. That That's what I was getting at more than anything. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I think that's the key piece, which is just knowing when it chimes in. I mean, that's the key piece of awareness, which is so important to know when you are like, wow, I don't, this isn't what I want. I don't necessarily know what I want, but this isn't it. And, or, you know, having that, you know, desire of, I think I just want to be on my own and, and all of the, you know, typically a lot of the, um, you know, overthinking that we do or the indecisiveness, maybe that some of us tend to have and, um, just being able to, to just note that and say, what is coming up for me? And like, what, you know, what's not working for me right now and what could, you know, private practice or some sort of a small, you know, brick and mortar, what could that afford me in terms of, you know, a better lifestyle and, and people get to choose what they, you know, how they go about doing that and, and at what rate and what pace. But I think that key component is, you know, listen, yeah. listen even, yeah. you know, even if the, even if all the haters are like, it's a terrible idea and you shouldn't do that. Okay. And, or even if the, all the, you know, all the people are like, you should do that. Like, know yourself, be able to tune in, like tune out the noise, tune in. What do you want? And listen. I mean, it's yeah. Like- and also being willing to, to know that small steps are great, are actually very big steps in the big picture of things. And I, I kind of wish as, uh, and, and this is another problem when I was, you know, burn out, you're just seeing so many patients, whatever. I didn't have any time to do anything else. You know, I didn't even start my Instagram platform until I, quit my employed job because I didn't have enough energy for that. Um, But, you know, little, you can be, we can be so creative in this space. So creative. You can host a little coffee hour at your gym, you know, or go to a local yoga studio and say, Hey, I I know about menopause and let let me just, you want to put a lunch and learn or something or, you know, a Facebook group or, or even a small Instagram platform. I never even knew what that would even get myself into, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a really kind of crazy uh, journey and uh, it's only getting started. So I think being, we can be creative. There's so much opportunity out there for imparting your voice in this space. And it doesn't have to be, okay, I'm going to go get the keys to a lease down the street and buy a hundred thousand dollar laser and, you know, get thousands of dollars of Botox and in the, you know, office, most of us don't have the capital to do that, nor do we want to be beholden to VCs that want to give it to us. So, or don't want to give it to us, but, um, that's another thing. It's just small steps, be creative and think outside of the box because it's there. Yeah, that's possible. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love this. I love this conversation. I think you're just a lovely human and I'm glad to just, I'm glad that you answered. I was like, oh, she will probably won't answer on because you know, it's always a, it's a crapshoot on, on Instagram or TikTok or whenever I reach out to people and I love your videos and I just love how you break it down in a way that's just, I think for, you know, the common person, it's super easy to understand. And I love how you are a you know, um, you're very confident in terms of just your standpoint on hormones. I loved your last post. I can't even remember what it is, but if somebody else tells me about Prometrium and, and, um, oh, yeah. and progesterone, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, this girl, she's, you know, get it. I mean, you might as well, we're going to go all in on hormones. 
we're going to go all in on hormones and, you know, and and the haters can say what they will, but, uh, but I love it. So thank you for this conversation and, um, thank you for just taking the time. I think it was great to just introduce who you are and what you do. And, um, so every, okay. So give them your Instagram handle one more time so they can go see your videos, which are fantastic. (laughs) At Jackie P underscore G Y N N T. Okay. Go find Jackie, go hit her up, give her a follow and share it with somebody who you think might need it. And then go hit her up. If you're a patient, you need some perimenopausal hormone support. Uh, and you are yeah. in the stage she listed. So, all right. Well, thanks Jackie for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure to have you and get to know you and I wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate you having me too. Take care.